I'm gonna make them an offer again. I feel the need, the need for speed. He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fennick. Go ahead, make my day. He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids, uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. You talking to me? Together, they bring you the best movies you've never seen. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Rent BioStream, the latest and greatest movies on Fetch. Watch on a big screen Hisense TV. Say hello to my little friend! The best movies you've never seen. The first rule of Fight Club is... You do not talk about Michael. With Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the best movies you've never seen. My name is Stephen Fennick. I am the designated movie nerd of this podcast who's seen all these movies. But the reason this movie, this movie podcast exists is for my fellow host, Trevor Long, who's not seen many movies, and hence the name of this podcast is really tailored after you. Trev, welcome. Great to be here, and I'm, I'm happy to have a podcast named in my honour. not hard to work out the movie we're talking about. It's one of those movies. One of those movies you can really identify it by the music. It's it's up there with Star Wars in terms of recognition. The the list is not entirely long. I mean I guess every Star Wars on it. Star Wars. You know what I would which we've done. Rocky, Rocky, yes, yes, which we've done. And Raiders. The the iconic bits of music. And that is the uh, the title song, the theme song of Raiders of the Lost Ark, which was released in 1981, starring Harrison Ford, yep. directed by Steven Spielberg. Now, this was a Lucasfilm production. Oh, right. So okay. George Lucas was involved here. He, he and Steven Spielberg were the team behind the Raiders of Lost Ark. What a team. How <laughs> Just quietly. How was what this? a well, team. But this is what makes it even stranger, is the fact that every studio turned this down. Wow. Now, what initially happened once once George Lucas had this massive success success with Star Wars, he thought, "Well, look, I'm going to offer it to 20th Century Fox, who were the distributors of Star Wars." Mm-hmm. Now, according to a number of reports, there was some drama between George Lucas and 20th Century Fox because he's a they he's were, a bit of a creative genius. Well, right? he's, he's one of those. I don't think he's kind of that straight sort of, down the I line. I don't think he's high maintenance kind of director, really? but but. They're, they were committed to still produce, because they hadn't made Empire Strikes Back and, and uh, Return of the Jedi yet, okay. but Fox were on board so he was, he for was, the next He two. was locked in for those. He was sweet there. 
So that that they said, look, you know what? We'll we'll turn this down. We'll stick with Star Wars. This is your own. Take it elsewhere. That's why I ended up at Paramount. Right. Paramount ended up uh, re- producing uh, the Ra- Raiders of the Lost Ark and distributing the film. Now, here's where they got the idea. Do you remember during our Star Wars podcast we mentioned the fact that uh, it was it's tradition for George to go on vacation after his films are released. Right. After Star Wars, he went to Hawaii with his good mate, Steven Spielberg. Mm -hmm. Would you believe they came up with the idea for this on that trip once Star Wars had just been released? They had this 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 idea of this this swashbuckling archaeologist and sort of going after. I this. mean, just those two words yeah. alone, swashbuckling archaeologist. Yeah, not quite it's, the same. But mix, no, no. Yeah. But the great part about those two words is actually it's very descriptive, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like it's actually a very descriptive way to pitch. Just absolutely. If, you could, if yeah. you could pitch this movie in two words only, swashbuckling archaeologist is actually a really good choice of words. Because what what. Um, he what Spielberg says about this. He said he he always wanted to direct a James Bond style film. Okay, but uh, George Lucas sort of had more of an adventure film in mind, and that sort of that was how they came up with Raiders of the Lost Ark. And um, apparently, as the as the story goes, this conversation all took place while they were making a sandcastle on Waikiki Beach in Hawaii. I'm talking, sorry, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg making were making a sandcastle. Sand yes. That sounds about as believable as Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long after <laughs> CES build sandcastles on the beach. Well, come on, we had a bit more work to do than they did at that point. Now, this was also Lawrence Kasdan's first script. Now, Lawrence Kasdan, who went on to write Empire Strikes Back and had he had his own great writing career, he also did some work on the Force Awakens, so the Star Wars uh, Episode Seven. Uh, he was approached by George to do this. Now Spielberg said to him, "said Look, they they had a discussion where right this is the they came up with sort of the idea of the character fedora, jacket, whip, and the MacGuffin, which is sort of what they're going after. And then they they reckon that they nutted out the story during a long weekend. Him, so basically, Spielberg and George Lucas oh, okay. nutted out. This is what we want the story to do. Now go and write. So the concept of George and Stephen had this broad idea. Yes, and then they brought in the writer and sat around and went, "Here's some yeah. ideas." Talked Here's, it out. This then, is the then character. Said, yeah. and then said Nick off and work it out. Go, you go write it. Here's okay. the story. Here's the character. What he looks like. Here's what's going to happen. Go and write it. Nice. And that's what he did. And uh, he, he did such a good job that once he handed in the first draft, George Lucas said, wow, this bloke's pretty good. And he got yeah. him to write Empire Strikes, Empire Strikes Back, Strikes which, is, uh, which is recognised by Star Wars fans as probably the best film in, in all nine movies. Well, Very we'll popular. get to that. Absolutely. Now, you had not seen this, seen this, been seen parts I mean, of this, knew it's a, of it. 1981, did you say? Yes. So I'm five years old. I, look... I might have seen it on VHS at some point. Yep. I have no recollection of it, but clearly the the music, um, yep. Harrison Ford. These are things I could identify, and I knew it. Um, I knew it had some sort of ancient link. Yep. Uh, and the the image in my head is the ball, a big boulder, a boulder rolling, yeah, rolling down. Because yeah, I feel like which, that's also which been, you thought was at the end of the movie, but it's not. Essentially, I feel like that's been kind of recreated in a lot oh, of yeah. skits it's and been, different. It's been you know spoofed I mean? a few times. Yeah, so yeah, they have done. That's that. probably why that sits like that. But yeah, Absolutely. that's that's my knowledge of the movie. Okay. Well, it also had eight Oscar nominations. Wow. Won four of them. The oh. Oscars it won was for best art and set direction, best sound, best film editing, best visual effects. Yep. But it was also nominated, would you believe, for Best Picture, yeah. 
best director, best cinematography, and best music score. And it didn't get music. It didn't win those last four. It won all the technical, the set direction, sound, film editing, visual effects. Set direction is excellent. Yeah, Yeah. it's the only Indiana Jones film to be nominated for a Best Picture Oscar. Wow. The others didn't. How many other? There is, uh, there's four and there's a fifth one being made right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. With Harrison Ford in the saddle, of course. Now, uh, what you may have noticed, if you get, look back when this movie was originally released, it was called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. When they released the DVD collection in 2008, they wanted to the DVD, the cover art, to match the others because the second movie is called Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones and, and the Temple of Doom. Right. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Right. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So... They wanted this to be Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, but wow. everyone affectionately calls it Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. So the actual but name on of this the movie cover is Raiders of the, the Lost Ark of the Blu-ray, the DVD, but 4K. Isn't, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Because when I come to this movie, everywhere you search for it, it's it just said Raiders of the Lost Ark. In, in, I'm pretty sure it says Indiana Jones and the Raiders. Ah, of the Lost there you Ark. go. Yeah. yeah. So that, that, that's how it's recognised now. Alrighty, we're up to we're at the last exit before the freeway. We are going to spoil the hell out of this if you haven't seen it. But rest assured, if you haven't seen it, a great place to see it is Fetch. That's right, and you can search up a whole range of movies. Thousands of movies are available on your Fetch. Um, whether you've got a Fetch Mighty or a Fetch Mini, um, the availability of movies is just outstanding. If you use your voice or the, the keyboard remote to um, search for Raiders of the Lost Ark, you'll find it on Fetch to rent or buy. You'll also find, and this is this is what's great about Fetch, is when you search for something that has a universal search and it knows all the streaming services, so it'll actually say to you, hey, this is available on Paramount Plus if you're a subscriber. It's available on Stan if you're a subscriber. And it's available on Fetch Movie Store to rent or buy. And so as a subscriber to Stan, I went, oh, I'll just watch it there. Yep. And so that's the great way you can watch and enjoy content. Plus, there's catch-up TV, there's live TV, there's uh, internet uh, TV stream channels like ESPN and... Discovery, there's so many great E-entertainment. channels. E-Entertainment. E-Entertainment. Stephen's a big fan I'm a of. a fan, yeah. Um, all available on your Fetch box right now. If you haven't got Fetch, uh, ask your internet provider. Do they have Fetch? And if they don't, go to JB Hi-Fi or Harvey Norman and get yourself Fetch today. Okay, so I made you watch this movie. Okay, Isn't it funny? For the, for the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I made. I make you watch every movie. Yes. Uh, so now that you've seen it, how have your impressions changed? Um... My well, my initial impressions were, were zero, you know, like because you don't know what yeah. it's about. And to be honest, it's one of those ones. Like my sister's into archaeology; she studied oh. it and everything. So, yeah, right. um, I kind of not. I don't have an interest. But this doesn't strike me as swashbuckling archaeologist. Doesn't <laughs> really describe this movie in any way, shape, or form, yeah. other than um, you know we'll get through it in the rundown. But other than a class and maybe you know the the Egyptian ruins, yeah. the rest of it's really just a you know a guy in caves looking for stuff, you know, and <laughs> and, and exploring. Yeah, um, I, I loved it. I think it's a great storyline. Um, I think the concept is it, it actually. I love the fact that you've told me that story because I feel like it. You can see how someone goes. I just yeah. want this guy to be able to do yeah. that, and I want the the excitement to be yeah. The, yeah. I just it was want this to be an adventure yeah. and. It was a thoroughly enjoyable adventure. Yeah. I watched it with the with the kids. Oh no! Okay, yeah. cool. They didn't get too scared. Uh, no, we we kind of watched it one kind of Saturday night on around just after dinner, and ah. and I think Vevey wasn't massively a big fan of it, but okay, yeah, That's it was correct. Good. And so the, the the kids enjoyed it. Jackson yeah. would have loved it. Yeah, he did. Had he seen it before? No, definitely not. There you go. Wow. So what's your tweet on this one? Tweet on this one is uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark is so much more than just a ball. Uh, a boulder chasing Harrison <laughs> Ford. Uh, well worth a watch and, most importantly, a rewatch. 
I saw this at the movies. What a shock. Now, I remember back then, 1981, the George Street strip of cinemas was totally different. Yeah. There used to be, before the Hoyts Entertainment Centre opened in, I think, in the mid-70s. I'm sorry, in the, in the yeah, sorry, no, it was in the mid-70s, but there was still there was still a individual cinemas. So there was one big centre, but there was also the Paramount, which was where I saw this. There was the Village Cinema. There was all these other, so it was like a studio, the Paramount Studio was, the Paramount Cinema was where the Paramount films were shown. Right. And that's where I saw this at the Paramount Cinema in George Street. And I remember it's vividly when the, the day that I saw this, it was I was thirteen, and I remember seeing it. I think I saw it with my older brother and my mum and that. So we were we were all together, and I just was taken just by just thinking, wow, what a what a ride that we had. Yeah. Subsequently, uh, watched it quite a number of times. I'm a, I'm a fan. I've actually got a little section of my home theatre here dedicated to uh, our man Indiana Jones. Yeah. I've, got, I've got the replica hat. I've got the the idol that we see in the first scene, and I've got the. Uh, the got a, cup, got a the, bag of sand as the well. Cup, the cup from the Glass Crusade movie, the Carpenter's right. Cup, which you haven't seen yet, so I won't tell you what that means. But, yeah, I'm a fan. Uh, when, how many times have you worn the fedora, mate? Uh, not many times. I should have wore, should wear it. I should have worn unbelievable it. unbelievable you're not wearing it. a bit hard either. to wear it with this headset on, but that's, uh, I, I would have done. I'm wearing it in spirit. Let's look at the casting call. Now, of course, we know Harrison Ford uh, as Indiana Jones, but do you believe? Do you believe that? Uh, would you believe Tom Selleck was supposed to be in the role? Oh, really? Tom Selleck was the number one choice for George Lucas. Steven Spielberg. It wasn't his top choice. He wanted Harrison Ford, but George Lucas said, "Look, I'm I'm using him in Star Wars and Empire. I don't want to be every movie I do to have Harrison Ford involved." Which is fascinating because you sometimes yeah. think that the that people like that choose the same person because they know they're reliable and they're well, big names and all that kind of stuff. He mentioned that. Like, there's directors like a Martin Scorsese is a great example where yeah. a lot of his films have Robert De Niro in them. Yep. So that's kind of... They've got this partnership yeah. over the years. And so, anyway, it turned out that Tom Selleck couldn't do it. He was still committed to Magnum, Magnum P.I. So he said, look, I'm out. And so Harrison Ford uh, slid in and the rest is history. So uh, the, the fact that... that that George didn't want him at first, but eventually he thought, well, okay, well, not a bad choice to have, though, Harrison yeah. Ford as your, as your Indiana Jones. And as you know, he was also in Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. He was in Witness as well, which was another really good movie in the early 80s. Karen Allen plays Marion. She was in a movie, uh, she was in Animal House, which is really, it's a funny movie. John Belushi's in it. Great, great sort of teen, it's like a college comedy. Uh, that was that was just before this, so that's how she got the part from from being in Animal House. John Rhys Davies plays Sala, who's the guy who helps me in Cairo. He was in Lord of the Rings. He was in he was one of the dwarves in all the Lord of the Rings films, and I've actually met John Rhys Davies. I interviewed him when the movies came out on Blu-ray. They had interviews for him in Australia, and I, well, I think, yeah, I'll interview him. And that was a really good chat. It's on one of the Tech Guide podcasts from, from about oh, eight years ago now. But, yeah, he was a, a colourful, colourful guy. Before we get to the run-through, let's talk about our other great sponsor, and that is Hisense, and it's all about going bigger. Hisense have just released their 2022 range of televisions. They have ULED, micro-LED, 
and also laser TV. So laser TV get, lets you up, enjoy up to 120 inches. That's a short throw projector that provides incredible picture quality and all the audio that goes with it. The micro LED TVs also have the multiple dimming zones, so much better contrast, HDR10+, and an all-round great experience. But if you want to get really big, the ULED range has a 98-inch model. So not only we've been talking all about the 75-inch and 85-inch models, which are there, but if you want to go even bigger, 98 inches. And a lot of people are choosing to go to those larger sizes, and Hisense is a great choice for you to do that. Now, not only do you get great picture quality across the board with all those TVs, you also get great audio as well. And they've got Dolby Atmos on board. If you're watching a Dolby Atmos film, the TV will provide this 3D sound that with sounds coming from all directions, including from above you. The other good thing about Hisense TVs is they come with a three-year warranty. One of the only TV brands that offers three years warranty. So to give you great peace of mind, you know you're getting a great TV and a three-year warranty. They really back their products. If you want to check them out, check out the Hisense TVs in the store or go to their website, hisense.com.au. Are you ready to swing into action here? Ah, good on you. (laughs) Well, we start off. In, the, in South America in 1936, now did you, when you initially thought of Raiders of the Lost Ark, did you picture them being in the 30s? 30s no, definitely so did, not. Did you no. thought they were sort of more I just modern? I it was current day, you know, yeah. 70s or so 80s. So 1936 time, yeah. this yeah. was, so that was the sort of the little thing that came up on the bottom of the screen. We see that there, there's these got people walking through the jungle. It's, it's like there's a leader and there's a couple of guides going with him as well. One, did you notice the early shot where they're walking past a tree and there was a poison dart in the tree? Pulls it out. Yeah, they, they get Taste the, the poison. Yeah, he goes, oh, yeah, spits it out. He goes, yeah, three days. They're following us. And we don't know who, who he's talking about, right? So the the next thing you see, a close-up of, of Indiana Jones. You don't know who he's actually Indiana Jones yet, but you sort of got these pieces of the map. Did you see he's sort of holding yeah, them up? Yeah, hold them together and yeah. understand where, where something is. And as he's holding them up, one of the guides pulls a gun and cocks the gun and sort of, so Indiana Jones reacts and maybe gets the whip out. First time we see the whip, whoosh, and he, he whips the phone, the phone, the gun, the gun out of his hand. And um, I love the shot where after he's cracked the whip, you sort of see him in silhouette and then he walks forward into the light. You see his face for the first time. Typical Spielberg, really sort of good, well-designed early shot. <laughs> now, the look of Indiana Jones came from the Herbert, the, the fedora came from the Herbert Johnson hat shop in Savile Row in London. You know, the really fancy tailors are in, are in that area. Um, the hat was the shop's poet model, P-O-E-T, poet model. And uh, the, on the bonus, the discs on the DVD features, the costume designer was Deborah Nedelman. And she said, she said they had to age the ad because they bought it. It was brand course, new. Yeah, they yeah. had to age it so to make it look like it was uh, it, it had been through the walls. How many so would you buy? I think they bought a few. But so so what she did, she grabbed it, twisted it, and they sat on it and sort of just to give make it give it an age yeah, sort of look. Yeah. yeah. But that's uh, they they wanted to take what they called the lived in and well loved hat look. Uh, the next, but once we get through, once once he the guy with the gun. He runs away, that guy, remember? He, he bolts. Yeah. Uh, and then Indiana Jones says, well, this is where uh, Forrestal cashed in. So he's sort of obviously following someone who's been to this area to look for this right. this uh, this uh, object. 
next thing we see, they're inside a cave. So they've arrived at the, this cave yeah. and they've walked in. So what were you thinking here? Did you know? Does this creep you out a little well, bit? No, the the, I'll tell you the first thing was he, he gets a bag out and he reaches for sand. And you're thinking, what are you doing, mate? Like, yeah. What the hell? That's right. He, he puts it scoops it in the bag. It obviously makes sense in a minute, when but he, yeah. it's amazing how something like that, you look at it and like, I'm watching it going, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what, uh, Well, he, he sort of knows what to expect, right? I so, understand that. And he's saying that Forrest all cash in as he's scooping in the sand. You're right. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. When they get in the cave, though, that you notice, like the, there was a shot of the, you see the spiders on his back, right? Yes. And then I love it when he sees a couple on Indiana Jones's back, and then he, he turns and he goes, "You turn around, he's playing this plastic yeah, for yeah, yeah. And now, this is this is where you realize Indiana Jones is a very savvy, uh, and that there's booby traps because he he sees a yes. light and he says, "Mate, stay yeah. away from the lights." And they get down, and I think he does. He just put his hand up. He or does. Something? Yeah, he puts and, it up, and it, and and the. Whoosh, the, the the big spears come out, and that's obviously Forrestal, the guy he was talking about. Yeah. But just on the spiders, you know, that was really interesting. The, the They were live tarantulas, and the actor who had all of them on his back, he's that guy, his name's Alfred Molina. Um, they didn't move. They, they wanted them to move, and how they made a move, they brought a female in there. So they were all male. They brought a female in there. They went nuts. That's what helped <laughs> them move. But you're right, the, uh, the spears jump out. And we see that that's obviously this dude who tried to go in ahead of uh, Indiana Jones yep. and obviously failed. Jumps the pit. Jumps the pit. Um, and then in the distance, he sees the idol. And so I'm sitting yeah. there going, what the hell? We're two minutes in and there's the thing. Like, <laughs> well, well, it's not the thing. No, yet. no, but, you, but yeah, like, yeah. I'm going, One what the, the hell's going on here? Yeah. There's an early sequence. Like, yes. is this it? Is this the... <laughs> <laughs> that's up there. So look. So the idol, yeah, that's yeah. it up there. It's I a fer- it. Fertility um, idol it is. It's just funny how the whole... You know, just you know, he's he's gonna he, now he now he's he, now he, he tells the bloke to stay behind. He's gonna no. He says, "Oh, let's get it." He goes, "Hang on, stop yeah, yeah. it." He goes, oh, and he, he, he works goes, out just the there. floor's gonna be booby yeah. trapped, and he, you know, Do you like the bit when he sort of presses down on part of the tile floor, and the and spear goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, just, I, I like how he says, "You stay here," and the guy goes, "If you insist." If you insist. <laughs> I just I found this whole this moment as a movie yeah. watcher today. Right, so you come clean to this, and yeah. I know people laugh at me for not seeing movies, but then the fun part of this is. Yeah. You know, show it to your kids or someone who clearly haven't seen it, yeah. and and you ask them that question: Is this what you expected to happen this early in a movie? Yeah, no well, way. It was the it was obviously an early, I think it gives us an impression of who this guy is and what yeah. what he goes after. Yeah. What he's quite smart and all the, how he's worked out all the booby traps, but he gets to the idol. Yeah, and your question about what's he doing with the sand? Yes, becomes very. Then clear. we see that he, he sort of thinks he's smart as they come. He, he does gets, the old switcheroo, well, oceans something style. When he when he's sort of there, remember he takes some sand out. I love there's a close up shot of his hand and the sand going through, and you see the idol behind the shot. And here's what I'm thinking at this point. I'm thinking, mate, that thing is too heavy. That thing's gold, yeah. and you're getting rid of well, sand. That's the thing. The sacred idol, which he's which he takes right. Um, is a fertility goddess, right? It's a molten image of a woman squatting down and giving birth. You see there's a little head popping out. But the you think that the amount of the weight of that and the amount of sand he thought, well, I think he underestimated obviously underestimated the weight of this thing. Yes. So he I like how he does a switcheroo. Do you like that? He does a switcheroo and he goes, Ah, oh, I've done it. Yeah, and then as he turns around, what happens? You hear this creaking and starts yes, mate, dropping. You didn't do it, champ. Yeah, 
Uh, so he's thinking, I'm going to get out of here. I love how he runs through and all the spears are flying out and flying yeah. from every so side. So he can, he can, he has to slowly get to the idol, but he can just so he can run, yeah. bolt through and get out. <laughs> and then he's old, out mate, of here. old mates on the other side of the because because he thing has is a whip. When they yeah. come in, um, they 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 swing across to the whip, and Harrison yeah. or um, uh, Indiana Jones ties it up and says, "We'll leave that here because we're going to get back." Yep. Old mate gets back, and then it's like, "Well, mate, you got to give me the whip." And he goes, "Yeah, sure. You send me the idol. Send I'll me the send idol. you the whip." And he drops the whip. He gets the idol and he drops, drops it. And he goes, whip. "See you later." So Indiana Jones dives across, grabs the vine. Do you like how he grabbed the vine? He goes, "Ah!" And then he and then he kept pulling it down and making him low. This get is one of the. Only, there's, I mean, there's a couple of bits in this movie that that the set really comes into play yeah. in a poor way. There's a bit of this where it's shot. You, you can see the rocks moving, and it's like. Very clearly not well, rock. It's all well, sure. Yeah, well, it's no, sort of the whole I, thing shaking and moving. I, yeah. I'd like. I know you like to think okay. that, but I think it's just. It's a little <laughs> bit. It's a little bit cheap at this well, point. He he jumps across, makes yep. it across, and remember the door was closing as well. Yes. And the guy goes, oh, "No time to waste." And he he, he he jumps across, makes it across. Do you love how he grabs his hat just at the same time? Yes. And as he turns around, he hears a, a sound. Turns around. An old mate has been impaled on the spear. He yeah. never saw the trap on the way it's out. It's a pretty gruesome bit of the movie yes. that I didn't see coming, to be honest. So you're thinking, oops, For Victoria yeah. anyway. <laughs> that, yeah, I bet that would have scared her. But the, it's at this point where you hear this massive rumbling sound and suddenly this massive rolling ball that he tries to outrun. Now, on the set, he actually outran the boulder in the sequence, right? Because the scene, it was shot tw- different ways, different angles, he had to do it 10 times. He, 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 the, on one take, he stumbles and nearly fell, and that's the take they used. They, they wanted him to sort of almost be hit by the boulder. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the ones he did perfectly, they thought, no, no, the one where you fell is the one we're going to take. You look at it, you watch it again, he stumbles and just makes it out. The boulder's close to getting him. That's the that's the take they went with. Yeah, cool. I love how he dives out of the cave too. He makes it out of the cave, covered in spider webs. But did you like this bit? Remember yeah. the guy that tried to shoot him before? Yes. You see him, you think, oh, this dude's back. And then he collapses forward, <laughs> just falls <laughs> filled on with, his face filled with darts. Poison darts everywhere. But then we also see this other dude yeah. who we discover his name's Belloc. And he is on the scene to take the prize. Dr. Jones, again we see there is nothing you can possess which I cannot take away. And you thought I'd given up. You chose the wrong friends. This time it will cost you. Do bear the Jovitos. Don't know you the way I do, Belloc. Yes, too bad. You could warn them. If only you spoke Jovitos. So as he's saying that, when he turned around and showed him the idol, and they're all in awe. Indiana's like, "I'm out of here." He's going, "I'm out." I mean, he does does the back door. He he goes on foot for some distance. Yeah, he's run runs towards Uh, the river, towards the river, and 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 a waiting seaplane. Amazing, these uh, these savages in the bush don't catch him, don't spear him, don't anything. Let's be clear. I love he was. Sort of, I love the shot where he's running, and then over the crest of the hill, you see the whole army of the them. Whole army of them. Yeah, it's a really good shot. Uh, he swings on the on the vine. He tells his mate, "Red, start the plane," and he he jumps across. Now, when he was starting the plane, mm. the the pilot at the start of the movie, right? He fires up the engine. The, that sound of the engine was the exact same sound of the Millennium Falcon. 
They use the same <laughs> when the hyperdrive engine didn't fire in Empire Strikes Back. That's the same sound effect they used for Indiana Jones. Empire uh, Strikes Back had actually come out. So it, when this was thought up, it was pre nineteen eighty. Filmed Empire Strikes Back was filmed and released in nineteen eighty. This came out in nineteen eighty one. So Empire had come out a year before this, and that's why that that sound effect. People think, oh, that's the Falcon sound. Anyway, he gets in, and he discovers there's a, a little snake on board. There's a big snake in the plane, Jock! Oh, that's just my pet snake, Reggie! I hate snakes, Jock! I hate them! Come on, show a little backbone, will ya? Do you like that show a little backbone, will you? Yeah. Jeez, man. <laughs> uh, next thing we see is uh, Indy in his classroom. He's, he's a university professor. And you know what's interesting here? As you said yeah. earlier, um, you know, when you're first kind of meeting Indiana Jones and he's in, yeah. the, he's in the cave and he's doing his thing, you know, paints a picture of him. It paints a, a disproportionate picture of him because yeah. he's actually, uh, you know, regarded... A nerdy professor. A professor, yeah. well-dressed. You know, there's no whip, there's no fedora. Yep. You know, so there's these two people... Yeah. There's two personalities to this one person, but Absolutely. you know it doesn't take long to realise that the the Indiana Jones we know and love is the Indiana Jones that he he probably most loves. He's a being professor. As well. yeah. Speaking of love, did you like the bit where the girl in the classroom <laughs> wrote on her eyelids? I love you on her eyelids, and it's sort of he was she was like it closing take, her eyes, and he sort of was sort of distracted by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Marcus Brody comes in, who's obviously his uh, associate from the university. And once class is dismissed, another little thing, when you watch it as many times as I do, when the class is dismissed and all the students go out, the very last student, a guy, puts an apple on his desk. Yes. And, and did you notice a bit? Like, you know, apple for teacher, like the teacher's yes, pet does. Yes, yeah, absolutely. He put the uh, apple on the desk for him. Uh, and then he's telling Marcus, like, I had it in my hand, but this bludger got this yep. thing. And they said, look, you know, I've got these other pieces. And he goes, oh, yeah, the university will buy them. No problem. But... There are some people here from Army Intelligence that would like to talk to you. He goes, well, what the hell do you think they want? Why would they want to yeah. talk to me? So cut to the hall. Now, I reckon this is one of the best scenes in the movie. I love the information that's given yeah, out in this scene. It's actually, in terms of script writing, screenplay, yeah. but the whole e- thing. Exposition, sort the, of what's it all yeah, about. The, yeah. the ability, and you're right, exposition's the best word. You use it a lot when you're describing these shows. But it's it's a really important thing to be able to do without having to stretch. Yeah. You know, Without they having fit to spend, in this without scene. having to spend forty five minutes explaining a lot of stuff, yeah. they spend five, and right, it's you done know, really well. You're, yeah. you're ready to go. So we discover that the there's two men here from Army Intelligence, and they discuss an old an old pal of Indiana Jones. Now you studied under Professor Ravenwood at the University of Chicago. Yes, I did. You have no idea of his present whereabouts? Ah, uh, just rumors, really. Somewhere in Asia, I think. I haven't really spoken to him for ten years. We were friends, but uh, had a bit of a falling out, I'm afraid. So they mentioned the fact that uh, he was mentioned in a communique, yeah. and and they they insist. They say, look, what we're going to tell you now, we wanted to keep it confidential. Yeah. This is clearly, yeah. you know, um, CIA style, you know, yes. intelligence. Um, they've heard this bloke's name, and they don't intercept people's names for good reasons. Yesterday afternoon, our European sections intercepted a, a German communique that was sent from Cairo to Berlin. 
Now, you see, over the last two now, years, the Nazis have had teams of archaeologists running around the world looking for all kinds of religious artifacts. Hitler's a nut on the subject. He's crazy. He's obsessed with the occult. And right now, apparently, there's some kind of German archaeological dig going on in the desert outside of Cairo. Now, we've got some information here, but we can't make anything out of it, and maybe you can. Tannis Development Proceeding. Acquire headpiece, staff of Ra, Abner Ravenwood, U.S. Nazis have discovered Tannis. So they're thinking, well, do you, do you know all yeah, this? Sort we're of all stuff? thinking, what's yeah, Tannis? These, what's going these two on? Yeah. professors are into it. And, they, uh, and we soon find out that Indy and Marcus know all about it. Well, well the city of Tannis is one of the possible resting places of the Lost Ark. The Lost Ark? Yeah, the Ark of the Covenant, the chest the Hebrews used to carry around the Ten Commandments. What do you mean, what do you ten mean the commandments? You're talking about the Ten Commandments? Yes, the actual Ten Commandments, the original stone tablets that Moses brought down out of Mount Harab and smashed, if you believe in that sort of thing. So immediately you're thinking, hang on a minute. What's funny there is that, and I don't understand the Ark of the Covenant and all that stuff, but Indiana Jones' character says, if you believe in all that kind of stuff, about one portion of the story. Yeah. You know, like we're talking about a story that goes back thousands of years yeah. and he's he's <laughs> essentially saying if you believe in all that stuff about one little part of it I found that believes, fascinating yeah, you know he, he believes, believes there's an Ark of the Covenant he yeah. believes everything except that little bit I don't know <laughs> yeah but they go on I like how they sort of talk about how they give like a potted history of where the Ark has been it went here it went there we ended up in Tannis Tannis was consumed by a sandstorm that lasted a whole year yep um, and the, and they say, oh, we've come to the right people. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, but I think they question as Ravenwood being mentioned in a in a communique. Like, yeah, he's no Nazi, but they do think they think Ravenwood has the headpiece of the staff of Ra. So that's yeah. why he was mentioned. They also though try to. They said, what actually is the Ark of the Covenant? Mm. And they show them a picture. Indiana just happens to have this massive thick Bible with him, and he shows them the picture. Good God. Yes, that's just what the Hebrews thought. Uh, now, what's that supposed to be coming out of there? Lightning. Fire. Power of God or something. You're going to understand Hitler's interest in this. Oh, yes. The Bible speaks of the Ark leveling mountains and laying waste to entire regions. An army which carries the Ark before it is invincible. Now, let's just talk about the Bible for a second here. <laughs> In the biblical descriptions, the ark is described as a gold-plated wooden box that has to be carried with poles because it is too holy to touch. Now, in that section that we just heard, that audio, where Marcus Brody says the Bible says the ark levels mountains, lays waste to entire regions, and that an army carrying it is invincible, nowhere in the Bible does it say that. Uh, and it says the ark itself, uh, it doesn't say it has any power whatsoever, let alone uh, giving an army this incredible power. But in, in one portion, uh, they did say, though, that the Hebrews, in the book of Samuel, it does say the Hebrews brought the ark into battle with them. There's like a, I don't There's know, the like army a, reference. Like a, like yeah. a good luck charm. Yeah. But the, uh, the leveling mountains is not really in the Still, Bible. Still, it's at this, yeah. given the, the, the incorrect facts of the movie, um, if you're these two blokes from the intelligence agency, you're now, you're now thinking, well, hang on a minute, I'm glad we're involved because we're the people that need to be, you know, yeah. this is a now a national interest story. Yeah, well, they said to them It's before. more than just some Nazis discovering some, you know, yeah. dick site. 
Well, this is huge. I love this. The setup of this now is that okay, we've come to the right people. Nazis are after it. You're after it. The race is on. You've so, got You got to make yeah, sure the Nazis it's, don't get it's it. It's a race. That's right. Next thing we see, Indy's house. Them saying, "Yeah, they want you to go for it. Well, let's do it." Uh, and, and he said, "Look, okay, if we get it, the museum gets the ark." And he goes, "Yeah, of course." You know, they're assuming that that's going to happen. Um, they he said, "Look, what we need to do is locate Abner Ravenwood. They they find out where he is, and and then they mention in passing Marion, which mm. is obviously his daughter. Indy has some sort of involvement. It's a very and fleeting. The yes. reference is, oh, Marion's the least of your worries. Yeah, we don't take the ark lightly. Let's let's be serious yeah. about this. And then, do you like the little animation of the the seaplane? It's a bit strange. I'll be honest. Traveling, yeah." yeah. But did you notice also that someone was on the plane? Yes. Sort of they set over. that up pretty well, that yeah. there's a bloke on the dock when the plane... Yeah, yeah so someone's the following him. Bloke back there. So we now know that this is serious because it's not just the CIA involved. There's That's someone... And, and by the way, that bloke, clearly German. Like, you I don't reckon? know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, when we watch The Great Escape, you'll go... That, that's, the, that's what they were looking okay, for. Yeah. <laughs> there's one of, the, one of the main characters in The Great Escape okay. dresses like that. You know, cool. in in the escape. Okay. Yeah. And uh, did you catch the stops as well? He went from, I think, from the west coast to Hawaii, the Philippines, and then ends up in Nepal. Which again yeah. is also paying the picture for the generation of today, let alone yeah. no, the younger generation. It's no back one then. stop. It's, it's all you can't multiple just, stops. You can't yeah. just get Singapore Airlines there. You know, that's it's, exactly it's, right. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a it's a journey. I do love this scene that we see uh, Marion for the first time. Yep. It's a big crowded bar. There's a drinking contest happening. And it's like, you, you don't know it's Marion at all. Like, no. You know, it's this, this slight you just see woman. This very, uh, you know, yeah. slender Slo- little young, woman. Yeah, yeah, some slight a woman. A big, burly, you know, drinker. <laughs> and they're having a drinking contest. And it's very clear to you when you first watch this that she's about to get smashed yeah, and when I say smashed, I mean in the competition because here's how's she going to drink this bloke under a table? Well, I, I wow, do, I do love it how when she has a drink and then she sort of like almost puts her head down and then she sort of says no, no, she sort of raises her hand, puts the glass down, and then the guy, I love the close up of his hand sort of moving all the other glass out the way to get the full one, and he has a drink, and then he has a drink and smiles, and then he just falls backwards, yes. <laughs> he just collapses. Quite funny, but look. Alcohol consumption is uh, is a serious thing. Okay, it's not, but it's the the science behind it, right? It's not just I'm going to drink more than you. It's body weight. So this guy who was way like t- three times the size of Marion, her the the she her out drinking him is highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. But what yeah. it does, I think, the average Joe thinks that you can essentially. Train yourself to drink better, right? Maybe. There's people yeah. who believe that they can have, like... But it's if, physics. It's physics. You can understand that. Like but, I'm a big guy. I could technically drink more yes, than someone smaller but what, than me. I think what they're trying to present with this scene is yeah. that that's what you assume is going to happen. Yeah. He's going to win because she's tiny. But what you find out, and, and I think what I'm trying to say is the assumption is that I don't drink. But if and if I go to a bar with someone the exact same size as me and we start yeah, downing beers, they'll drink more than you. Yeah, they'll drink more they're, than me they're because bodies used to right? it. Yeah, true. So true. what what yeah. what I believe we're presented with with this is this girl. Not only is she yeah. slender and yeah. slight, but she is a hardened drinker. Yes, that's punches that's the portrayal. Punches above her weight. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Uh, I do love this bit where you see she's sort of cleaning up and uh, she's there in the shadow. You see Indy's shadow on the yeah. wall. Uh, he's arrived, and uh, it's an interesting greeting. Indiana Jones. 
Always knew someday you'd come walking back through my door. I never doubted that. Something made it inevitable. So what are you doing here in Nepal? I need one of the pieces your father collected. I learned to hate you in the last ten years. I never meant to hurt you. I was a child. I was in love. It was wrong and you knew it. Harry, I'm sorry. Now let's uh, just let's just discuss this for a now, second, okay? To be honest, that hadn't hit me. But anyway, yeah, well, the she says the script describes Marion. It says she's twenty five, okay. Now George Lucas wanted her to be even younger, but Spielberg said, "Nah, we've got to make her older." So once she's sixteen or seventeen, but it, it, according to that, ten years, she said, "I was a child. I was in love." She was fifteen. When her and Indiana Jones are, are apparently had an affair the last time they met. But look, you don't know what what happened. It may well have, she remember she was in love. Doesn't mean yeah. that he he reciprocated in any way. Yeah. So think of it like um, maybe flashback to the girl with the eyelids, right? Yeah. Young girl under under the age under age of consent. Yeah. In love with her professor, right? And he has probably this girl's had the exact Marion's had the exact same situation. Yeah. And he has said to her, "This is." Ridiculous. But, but they obviously, happen. something happened between no, but, them. No, no. It, it, it's very, very possible. He just said to her, it can't happen. And she's angry that she well, was in love and he rejected her. Okay. It sounds like they had an affair and she said, I learned to hate you in the last 10 years. I was a child. Yeah. Oh, I so, anyway. Yeah, well, oh, I don't know. Okay, let's I'm just, just trying let's leave to, that as I'm it is. I'm trying not to portray <laughs> Indiana Jones as a pedophile. Well, look, it, I'm just saying what the script says. Yeah. Right? Okay, I was a child. Anyway, he gets around to telling her, look, I need a piece that your father had. It's worthless. Uh, and then she, he discovers that uh, she, he says Abner's dead. He died, Ravenwood. Yep. Now, when he called, he describes it as a worthless bronze medallion. Did you hear this? Yes. Now, well, he doesn't want to give away what he wants it for, does well, he? Well, that's true. But he tells her that the the headstone, that the headpiece is worthless. But if it was an artifact from Tannis, which is what they need it for, then it would have been quite a bit of value to it then. Yeah, but that, he doesn't yeah. want her to know. So he's sort of dragging his pulling the wool over her He's, he's just okay. trying to say, I need this thing. Yeah. Uh, your dad's probably got it. Yep. She's, he doesn't want her to know the value of it because he doesn't want her tagging along because she's clearly got an interest in this game. Yeah. So he, okay. he, he doesn't want her... He just wants to get the thing go. He does. If true, he lets true. her know the value of this thing, she's coming along for the ride. That's that's a good point. I never saw it that way. But uh, maybe he says, look, come back tomorrow, uh, and he leaves. She uh, did like this bit where she pulls it out of her shirt. She was wearing it as a necklace the whole time. She had it yeah, on her. Very funny. So that was She's uh, like, come back tomorrow. Yeah. But then our, our good mates... Uh, our old Germans arrive. Good evening, Fräulein. The bar is closed. We are... We are... Not thirsty. What do you want? The same thing your friend Dr. Jones wanted. Surely he told you there would be other interested parties. Must have slipped his mind. The man is nefarious. I hope for your sake he has not yet acquired it. Now, that is a very strange creepy. portrayal. Yeah, creepy. This is yeah. that character's name is Tot T O H T. Now, did you see this? Remember when he threatens her with the hot poker? Yeah. Remember he brings up the hot mm, poker. Yeah. Now, if you look closely, the guy next to him has the worst makeup of all time. He's got these prosthetics over his eyes to make him look Asian. It is so fake; it's embarrassing. Wow. Did you not notice that? Every no. time I see it, it sticks out. 
like a sort pretty of pretty focused yeah. on the hot hot iron. Obviously, like a West is not an Asian. He mustn't be an Asian, so they wanted to make him look Asian. And honestly, you could see the plastic on his head. It was really, wow. it really stood out to me. Uh, anyway, in the in the battle, the, the hot poker goes flying, starts a fire. Um, the curtains catch fire. I think the alcohol catches fire as well. Did you like the bit where Tot, the guy who was threatening her, sees it? Right, it's been in the fire. Grabs it, <laughs> and it's a it's Home Alone style doorknob. <laughs> that's that's a good reference. A movie reference yes. from Trev. Hey, look at you! <laughs> wow, you're on fire. Well, speaking of on fire, he's on fire. Yeah. He runs out in the snow and goes, "Oh!" He's, he gets the the snow on to, on it. Indy comes back. Shots fired. The whole uh, the whole thing goes now. Do you like the bit where um, Indy? It looks like he's going to be shot. And the guy's there standing there, and then you hear the gunshot, and, and Indiana Jones reacts, and they're looking for the bullet hole, and the guy, mouth, the blood comes out of the guy's mouth, and it's like uh, Marion shot her, shot him from And again, behind. it's well shot because she can't yeah. see her. She He drops, and then you see her with the gun. It's a, really another smart. surprise shot, like the dude falling forward with the, Spielberg, the darts in his back. Yeah. Spielberg at his best, mate. And anyway, the bar's burning down and all around them. Well, Jones, these Jones forgotten how to show a lady a good time. Boy, you're something. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Until I get back my $5,000, you're going to get more than you bargained for. I'm your goddamn partner. <laughs> it's what you said is happening. This is his partner now. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably not the result he wanted, but that's how it turns she out. She does say you haven't forgotten to show a lady a, a, a good, good time. time. It just does Mate, feed into that <laughs> earlier issue. <laughs> Jesus. You're worried about the gayness of uh, Maverick, Top, 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 top Gun, a fair dinkum. What about this? Well, mate, this is the best movies you've never seen. You've never seen it like this. Okay, that's another aspect, I mean, that's another aspect of our show is that you, you're wow. seeing movies how you've never seen them before. Wow. All right, anyway, well, let's not go there. Uh, they're in uh, Where we will go, though, is Cairo. That's yes. where they end up. We meet Sala, my mate John Rhys-Davies, and you see the really nice look of, over the rooftops of Cairo. Did you Beautiful like shot. shot, yeah. yeah it really does make nice. you want to yeah. go there. You know what? It reminds you of Malta. Malta oh, looks okay. like that, yeah. So last last private feed on the on the uh, Two Blokes podcast, you hear all about Malta. Anyway, um, did you see the monkey come out yes. and climbs on Marion? Okay. Now, did you? How did you see this? When you watch this closely, okay, the monkey's climbing all over her, putting the hands all over her face, and climbing all over her. Yeah. That was not. She did not expect the monkey to be so interactive with her. Oh, in the right? set. Yes. So what had happened? When you look closely, remember, it starts grabbing her face, it grabs her hair. She's looking. Like the, the the shots on her and she's looking off camera, and how where who she's looking at is Spielberg. Oh Assu- really? Assuming to say, what are you assuming doing? he's going to cut and do it again, but he goes he just let it go. Yeah, this is good because it looked quite like un, un, unexpected, and that left it in. You you what next time you see it, you see her looking off camera, thinking, mate, what are you like? Everyone, everyone in the scene is around her, but she's looking off camera, and it's her looking at Spielberg saying, mate, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. Now, we find out that uh, Sala is part of the, the crews in Cairo. The Nazis have hired these the diggers. He goes, yeah. They hire strong backs and pay pennies for them. And then he mentions there's, another, there's this other guy this who knows a lot. He's a French guy. And then he goes, ah, oh, it's Belloc. Belloc's here as well. So he realises that Belloc, who took the idol from him at the yes, start, he's the guy we he's here to. as he's well. So now here. He's his nemesis, right? Yep. He's there as well. Um 
But what they do find, what he does say, look, you know, they, they talk about finding the well of souls. Remember in that, uh, the army intelligence discussion, yeah. the staff of Ra, you put it in the well of souls, the light will then point to where it's go, where the ark is located. Yeah. And they said, they're not going to find the well of souls without this. And he pulls out the, the head of the piece of the staff of Ra. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Sala, though, does, uh, he does have his doubts. There is something that troubles me. What is it? The Ark. If it is there, Tanis, then it is something that man was not meant to disturb. Death has always surrounded it. It is not of this earth. So that's uh, another another kind of uh, doubt about whether they should go ahead with this and the power of the Ark as well. Uh, next scene, we're in the markets. And this was interesting. See, remember how the, the monkey, the monkey runs w- away. The monkey was there. Then yeah, it does the bolt. It's like you, yeah. you just had this scene, which was you know un, um, un, not planned in terms of yeah. how amorous the monkey was. But that whole purpose of that was you know the monkey's familiar now. He's kind of hers, and then the monkey runs away. Off he goes. Now um, we see the monkey run off though yeah. to uh, its master. Immediately, yeah. this made sense, and it's funny because there's no words to portray it. There's a tiny little monkey. Yeah. That's, you know, the way they've shot it, the way it's looking around. They've conveyed through the acting of a monkey <laughs> that the monkey is a bloody, you know, it's insider. A yeah, yeah. Did you like the bit I found where, that fascinating. Remember when uh, the Nazis were talking to the monkey's master and, and the master goes, Zig Heil? And did you see the monkey do the same thing? Yeah. That was George Lucas directed that little scene. And what he did, he held a grape. Above above the camera, oh, wow. and and tried to make the monkey reach up for it, sort of as if he's doing the wow. the zig heil. Uh, anyway, the we see in the market that all these other assassins are gathering, so they know that the that Indy's the target here, right? Yep. They know that he's got the staff of Ra, headpiece, whatever it is. So he's the target. He sees all these people around him. He puts Marion, remember, in the in the back of the wagon, and the wagon goes it drives away. Yeah. So they think, oh, how easy is that? We've got her, but. Um, she gets off the wagon, and did you see the dude who pulls a knife? She, he just pulls a knife on her, and she does the bolt. And she no, she grabs a pan, and the guy go, pulls a big knife out of his pocket and starts laughing at her and then chases her. Yeah. But then she, she goes into this little house, and then you hear, Dong, and then you see the bloke fall out. He, he clocked, she clocked him with the it's pan. It's a great use of the uh, folly stage. <laughs> so uh, I do like the fact that she sort of runs out, hides in the basket, but the bloody monkey... Comes on top of the basket gives and her gives her up. You know? yep. So, um, so while all this mayhem is happening, the the crowd parts and there's this master swordsman. You're thinking, oh, hello, he's in, he's in for a fight here. Yeah. And he just turns around, pulls out his gun, it's, <laughs> shoots this bloke it's, dead. It's a it's a it's a classic kind of old west style. <laughs> you know, okay, it's going to be a, a duel, but it's you know swordsman, right? Yeah. And Indiana's like, oh mate, well he was boom. make he was making all the moves, like flipping the sword up, and he just yeah. goes bang, bang. Right? Now Good let boy. me just tell you, <laughs> that that's one of the funniest and most famous scenes in the movie. Really? Okay. Wasn't originally intended to go that way. Yeah. He was supposed to battle him, but apparently. Food poisoning hammered everyone on the set that day. Everyone was sick, including Harrison Ford. He was weak and and sick after everyone got a bout of food poisoning. And he suggested, he goes, look, why don't I just shoot the sucker? And Spielberg (laughs) goes, good idea. Great idea. And that's that's the scene. 
That's brilliant. That's how it came that up. That is so, so good. It's yet another example of something that wasn't scripted. They just said, let's give it a go, and it turns out to be one of the best scenes of the movie. And, and so then then this is where Indy's now like, he's really starting to be frantic. He's kind of lost Marion. Yeah. Um, he's, he's calling out for her. Yeah, sees and, all the baskets. And then, and then he sees yeah. all the people carrying the baskets, and he's just tipping them over, tipping them over, trying yeah. to find out which one's her. Realizes she's in a truck. Yes, and it kind of goes to take the truck, shoots the driver. Well, he the shoots truck, the driver. The tr- the truck, truck rolls. crashes and explodes. Boom! And you're like, holy crap, man! That's yeah. a that's a short. All I, th- all I thought was, wow, she had a really short role in this yeah. movie. So yeah, the, the explosion. That was full think, on. You're thinking, oh no, like, that took she, me by surprise. Put her in the back of the b- truck. Truck rolls. Well, he shoots it. Truck rolls. Boom! Took Marian. me by surprise that scene. So. Next thing we see is Indy's drowning his sorrows in the bar, realizing that Marion's dead. Um, he said, "Someone comes out. He goes, come with us. There's someone who wants to see you.'" And he said, "He's asking, do you want to talk to me? You want to talk to me?'" And he realizes it's Belloc is sitting at the table. Yeah, and um, he says, "I ought to kill you right now." And then he, he, I like the sort of bit where he's explaining. He goes, "You and me, we're the same." He goes, yeah. "This, the, they want something for this, but they want we're, we're the same. You and me, we're after you know, the same thing." And again, I'm try, not trying not to show too much movie knowledge here. It goes against my character, but <laughs> my wife is a massive fan of the Ocean's Eleven and Ocean yeah. series. But there's something about this, um, uh, this movie. Uh, firstly, there was the the idol yeah. and the sand, it's sort of the heist in, sort in of one feel of, in of it, one yeah. of the oceans. There's an egg that they replace. Yeah, but there's also uh, in one of the, or two, one or two of them. There's the other. There's the French cat burglar dude. Yes, and there's yes. this kind of nemesis thing yeah. going on. Yeah. It had this weird vibe to me. It That's does. all. Yeah, it's true, true. But they they get talking Belloc and uh, and Indy about the Ark. Men will kill for it. Men like you and me. What about your boss, Der Fuhrer? I thought he was waiting to take possession. All in good time. When I'm finished with it. Jones, do you realize what the Ark is? It's a transmitter. It's a radio for speaking to God. And it's within my reach. You want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. I've got nothing better to do. So he pulled the gun on him, he pulled, yeah, and then twenty-eight and people pulled a gun on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the little kids, Sala's kids, came and rescued him to, to save him. Yeah. And then he sees uh, Sala and he says, "Look, Marion's dead." He goes, "Yeah, I heard." Uh, and then, but the monkey comes with them again. The monkey's yeah. returned. So, and you see the owner saying, "No, no, stay there." Sort of sign, signaling to the monkey to stay with them, yes. so he could follow him and find out more. Next up, they with the old man. Remember, they got the staff, the headpiece to the staff of Ra. And they're trying to decipher what it says. Do you like this bit where there's a kid sort of preparing the dish of dates and he puts them on the table, someone, he goes off, someone opens the door, pours this liquid on the dates and then the kid comes back, wonders where the, who's been in there, shuts the door again, right? Yeah. Okay. Next thing we see, the old man wanting to talk to them about the markings. Come, sit down. What is it? This is a warning. Not to disturb the Ark of the Covenant. What about the height of the staff? So did Bella get it off of here? Yes, it is here. This was the old way. This means six kadam height. About 72 inches. Wait. And take back one kadam to honor the Hebrew God whose Ark this is. 
So we realised that they only had one side. They described they only had one side. Yes. My suspicion is they got the markings off the guy's off the, hand. Yes, exactly. Right? So they got the mould from there, yes. but he only had one side of it. Yes. Now this guy said that there was the other side said On the other take, side, one there was take one off to save in respect for God. So they think the the Germans think they've got the height based on a yes. burnt hand, but we think they might not. You said their headpiece only had markings on one side. Are you absolutely sure? Belloc's staff is too long. They're, They're digging, digging in, in the, the wrong, wrong place. place. Now, it's at this point where Indy is sort of happy and he's grabbed it at a date, tosses it up in the air, and then Sala catches it. <laughs> I am the monarch of the sea. I am the ruler of the... Co- so the, the date's flying, he catches it. So you see the dead monkey on the floor. The yes, monkey, the monkey was away. eating eating a date. Yeah, and it, it Sala died. notices that it it, yes. it, uh, it killed him. Bad dates. That's what some people say on after going on Tinder. Sometimes yes, bad, exactly. bad dates. <laughs> Next up, we're at the dig site. Simple, okay, and um, we we we're hearing um, that you know obviously the uh, in Indy and Sala they're disguised as diggers. So they're, one, they're one got, of the most obvious things you can do in a like yeah. Egypt or you know, in the United Arab Emirates or something. You can be yeah. easily disguised over there. So it's yep. quite believable, this bit. Absolutely. So they find the map room. Okay. Now, the that's like a, all it is is a hole in the ground. And he lowers, I think Salah sort of gets there and braces himself with the rope, drops him into the map room. Yep. He finds the spot for the staff. So he's sort of poking around. Remember, he sort of he finds the hole Dust, and fi- dusts it off dusts and yeah. realises where it's got to be. In the meantime, Salah gets caught. They say, what are you doing here, mate? And then, so he sort of leads them away from the room, letting Indy stay in there and do his stuff. Mm. Now, do you remember, he sort of set up the staff, he's got the headpiece on, and it beam, the beam comes in. Remember, the sun sort of goes into that little window, beams yep. through the staff, and pinpoints where the location of the Ark of the Covenant is, the Well of Souls, where it's supposed to be, right? Now, do you remember the old man who was looking at the markings said it was six kadams high, which they say is roughly 72 inches, okay? And then he, they said, take one kadam back again. So one kadam is roughly equal to a foot, okay? So we, if you interpret that literally, one kadam is closer to 10 inches, but the old man says, take one back. So the height of the staff would have been about five feet tall. Did you notice this? But yet when he's in the map room and the staff and it the beam, like it towers above yeah, his yeah. head. So the the old well over five feet. Don't be a narc. Well, anyway, when when he, the light beam hits, Indy's making his measurements, calculating it, and I like when he calls out to Sala. Yep. And you see something the the Nazi flag drop on his head, and he's obviously he's had to make do a makeshift uh, rope to get him out of there because remember he got caught earlier. Uh-huh. So he comes out. Um, he gets out of the. Uh, they walk through the dig site again. And to they sort of walk past the officers. Indy walks into a tent to sort of avoid to, seeing to, officers. Yeah, but to be, he's like, he's like, he doesn't want to get just caught. stuck in here. Yeah. I won't get seen. And who does he see? Marion Marian is tied up in there. And so that, like, that, that is that one of the great surprises of movies. Yeah. I reckon. Yeah, she was a bit, dead twist. for all ages. Yeah, but then he's about to release her, and he thinks you can see him thinking, if he releases her, they're going to come after him. Yeah. They're going to chase him to keep chasing him. 
So he just changes his mind, and he and says, "She's filthy." Yeah, she says, "Don't you leave me here." And he goes, "Look, if they if I release you, they're going to comb the place for us, and I can't do what I need to do." So she, he leaves her. Strategic, off he goes. But not a great thing, given how much she already hates him for yeah. clearly doing the same before. So that was that was a big surprise, wasn't it? So um, anyway, Belloc, we find uh, he says, "Look, the girl that he's talking to the officer, the girl knows nothing." Um, and he says, look, I've got the perfect guy to get some information out of her. Do you remember the guy with the burnt hand, Tot? He uh, he uh, cut to Indy. He's, because he made the calculations in the map room, he yeah. knows where the Well of Souls yeah. is. He starts digging. So he's into it, digs into the evening. They find the stone slab. And here is, remember, they, they get the crowbar underneath. And did you see that when they lifted the stone, yes. all the sort of gas came out? It was like yes. it was like it had been sealed for thousands yes, of years. Yes. It's like lifting out, opening a can of Coke. Um, and do you like the bit where they, they take the slab away and then Sal is looking in there and the lightning um, strikes and it lights up this big statue and he goes, oh, <laughs> you're really scared. I think the best bit here is the... Yeah. Uh, is the he asked the question, though. What did he ask? He goes, why does, does the floor move? move? So, uh, and we know what Indy thinks about our old mates. Yes. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? <laughs> Asps. Very dangerous. You go first. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> <laughs> so we see Belloc and Marion back in the tent. He gives us some food and says, oh, what are you, what are you, a savage? You didn't feed us? No food, no water, no bread, no water. But here's a weird bit, right? This is the weird bit. Yeah. He pulls a dress out of a box. Uh, yeah. Notice that bit? And she, that she looks weird. at him and goes, yeah, it's beautiful. And he goes, I'd very much like to see you in it. So is Belloc a little bit of a kinky sort of dude? Just or a bit, Just yeah. wants to have her in a wedding dress? Does that look like a wedding dress to you? Uh... No, he's it was just a wedding dress, wasn't it? White. It was a white dress. Wedding dress. He's just a sicko. But I think it was, I look at that and I think, I see wedding dress, right? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Oh, no, I just thought, I saw a, a more revealing and a fresher and a nicer dress okay. than what she was wearing. It's basically his way of asking her on a date. Yeah, well, okay. Anyway, cut back to the dick site. Indy's being lowered into the well of souls. Did yep. you like this bit where he falls and there's a cobra, cobra there? Right there. Now, just on that, right? Yeah. For the scene, that scene, you know, he's face-to-face with this hooded cobra. Um, the They say this, this, the snake handlers induced the cobra to hood, in other words, to Express show us colours, right? Yeah. Uh, they waved a toy rabbit head, just out of, like a, a rabbit toy head out of frame. Mm-hmm. And that's what made it, what made it uh, hood up like that. But um, the... If you look closely at the early versions of this movie, there was a sheet of glass separating Indiana Jones and the snake. Oh, really? When you look really clearly, you can see a little reflection in a part of it. But what they did when it came out on DVD and Blu-ray, they touched it up so you couldn't see the glass. Oh, right. It sort of the original versions of it gave it away. Right. Yeah, but they, they, then they came back, and that's a good use of rather than changing stuff. That's a good use of, of the technology. So you're okay with that? That's fascinating. Well, because yeah. I think that, you're that okay, it adds okay to the story. Yeah. tidying things up. Yeah, using in that regard, yes. Because Especially you're meant, given you're meant you're to think he's face-to-face with let's, it. Right? Let's be honest. A VHS versus a DVD Blu-ray is completely yeah. different quality. So Of course. Now, uh, he's, spraying, you know, he's spraying. What is he spraying? Like fuel? Fuel, fuel yeah. to sort of to get them away? 
Back to Marion and Belloc, there's having a drinking game in your room, but she's a she's a good drinker. So you know, established he, he earlier. Hasn't, he hasn't. So uh, Belloc thinks yeah, he's going to drink her to a point where it. he can just you know take advantage of yeah. that. But Whereas was, we're all sitting there going, mate, the I opposite. don't think you're going to get lucky tonight, yes. champ. Yes. Uh, back to the Well of Souls, and uh, now Sala is down there, and they find the Ark. And what I wrote in my notes here is they do an unboxing. <laughs> they, unbo- they unbox the Ark. Now, he get this right. You know when the stone slab was sort of dragged off it? Yeah. To create that sound of the heavy lid of the Ark being slid open, Ben Burt, the sound engineer, same dude who did all the Star Wars movies, recorded himself moving the lid of his toilet cistern. You know, the old ceramic cistern? That is what it sounds he, like. He recorded that. That's the sound of the uh, the top of the arc box being moved away. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Belloc and Marion, uh, she's pretending she's drunk. Remember she hid the knife? There yes. was a knife? Yes. So she pulls a knife and he just laughs at us because he's obviously he's pissed. He doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, and he says, look, oh, I have to be going now. But little does she know that our mate Tot comes in. Remember mm. the dude with the black hat yep. and the burnt hand? Yep. Now, did you, what did you think of this bit where he, he pulls out this chain? I thought, oh, my God, he's going to strangle her or torture her. Yeah. It looked like a nunchuck. Yes. It was actually his coat hanger. Did you like that? How he yeah, put it together? Yeah. <laughs> you think, hanger. oh, is this going on? And then he just uses it, twists it together, and it's his coat hanger. <laughs> oh, I love that. My That's God. A, such a good touch. Uh, back in the Well of Souls, now they've lifted the Ark of the Covenant. How did you like this when they lifted out? You see the gleaming, the shadows. It was, it was, so it's good be- because it, what it did, it, it gave you a flashback to that earlier drawing with the agents from the yes. intelligence agency. It matched it. With the you know glowing They had uh, the lighting. poles. They put the poles in and they didn't yep. touch it. Lower, they lower it into a wooden box, so into a crate. Yep. Now, this has been going on for some time now, and it's sort of the dawn's breaking. Belloc is uh, he's now he's married. He looks still, out and he can she's see. She's still a prisoner, but yeah, she he can see the silhouette of it. What are they doing What's up going here? On over yeah, there? And they sort of walk up there, and um, you see back in the well of souls, the rope falls down like someone's thrown the rope back in, and you think, oh, hello. And once again, our man Belloc is on the scene. So once again, Jones, what was briefly yours is now mine. What a fitting end to your life's pursuits. You're about to become a permanent addition to this archaeological find. Who knows? In a thousand years, even you may be worth something. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I'm afraid we must be going now, Dr. Jones. Our prize is awaited in Berlin. But I do not wish to leave you down in that awful place, all alone. Slimy pig, you let me go! Stop it! So she, she's tossed into the pit, literally yeah. tossed into the pit. Do you like this bit where they've got the the um, the torches trying to keep the snakes away? And she looks at Indy's whip and she thinks it's a snake. And she goes, ah, <laughs> yes, it's, what are you doing? <laughs> trying, trying to kill me. Um, but then they notice that the snakes, snakes are coming are, through the yeah, wall. Yeah, sort of thinking, what's the Which there? indicates there's, yeah. there's something on the other something side of the wall. Something doing there. Snakes don't so, just go through the ground. He says, what are we going to do? He goes, I'm going to go through that wall. And he gets climbs on top of that big statue and rocks, rocks it, back, it and back and forth. And forth. <laughs> they, uh, they smash through the wall. They find a way out. By the way, yeah. remarkable. They come out. Just literally in an open space, very easily moved. <laughs> Little like, did they know, it was this there? Yeah, you know, missed it by that much. Yeah. <laughs> so they come out, they see 
There's a plane. Not very good archaeologists, is what yeah, I'm saying. No, no, not very well. But did you like the bit? And a lot of fans they criticised this bit. Remember when they, when they pushed the the what's supposedly a really heavy block yeah, of just stone? Push it out, yeah. They push it out, and it, it hits the ground. And you look closely, it bounces. <laughs> it bounces. Yeah. But if you look very closely, you need to have watched it a hundred times, like I have. Now, this is when that we see the plane. So, obviously, he says, oh, they're going to try to fly it out of here. A very remember, strange Remember, they were going to drive too. it back to Cairo and then get it out on a boat or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. They said, righto, we're going to fly it out. And this this wing, is sort of this wing with propellers is there. Yeah. And he says, right, we're going to have to go find that out. And they walk down there. Marion tries to get to the pilot in the in the uh, cockpit. But then when Indy turns up, he the, the first guy he fights knocks him out. But what about the size of the dude that comes out after massive him? Massive dude, dude comes out. Now, in in this scene, it's you can hear the effects. You know the foley stage you were mentioning. You know the yeah. the effect of the punches, <laughs> the sound of the body blows. Right, they were created by hitting a pile of leather jackets with a baseball bat. So that sound of the body blows, that's a baseball bat hitting a pile of leather jackets. Far that's how out. they got that sound. They got to be creative, eh? Now. Um, the pilot is uh, Marion knocks out the pilot. The, the plane, him, he leans forward, and the plane starts to move. It like, clips but, but the it's fuel on, it's, truck. It's on like a wheel lock, so it's, yeah. it's going to spin in a circle. So what happens? I'm constantly um, just nervous about the propellers at this point. Well, There's he's like sort of ducking under it. Where yeah. he misses them, <laughs> but the fuel, meanwhile, is sort of spilling towards towards the plane yes. as well. Um, Indy. He's sort of on the ground and he notices the big dude standing over him, but the propellers are on their way back and see you later. Yes. So that goes. Now, that flying wing, right, that's not a real plane. No. There's no plane like that ever existed. I've never seen anything like it. It was designed by the production designer Norman Reynolds and built by the production crew, and it was inspired by German flying wing designs of that time. There were some concept sort of designs, and they thought, let's just build one of them. That's going to be what they're flying the Ark out with. Nice. Uh, so the Germans have put the Ark. They've said, look, the plane blows up. Remember, the blows up. Yeah. And the guy thinks, oh, Jones, he knows he's alive still. Yes. He's thinking, oh, she's. So they said, all right, let's go put the Ark on the truck. Let's fly it out of Cairo. And uh, he says, right. He says, right, I'm going after that truck. And this is the famous, famous yes. chase scene. Now, the Ark's in the truck. Their car's ahead of it. Indy. Manages to, you know, on horseback, jumps on the top of the truck, gets in the truck, goes into the cabin of the truck, gets rid of the driver, and then the chase is on. But what ends up happening, one of the other soldiers gets into the cabin as well. he's driving a truck full he, of soldiers. Yeah, it's all in the, in the back, right? So he he gets thrown through the windscreen. And do you like how he was sort of looking for a grip? And every grip he took was one of the grills kept breaking. Now, this is the famous scene where he decides, well, I'm going to slide under the truck. Did you see this? He jams his whip underneath and then sort of follows it from underneath, then pulls himself back up into the back of the truck. Yeah. Now, that was actually inspired by a famous stunt in the 1939 film Stagecoach. Very similar stunt. Uh, Now, if you notice closely as well, the truck was specially constructed to be slightly higher off the yes. ground because it, normally it would be a bit lower. So they decided to make it so that there's a bit more room to move under there, better yeah. for the camera to get under there as yeah, well. Yeah. They also, to help him pass underneath, they also dug out the centre of the road. If you look closely, there's like a little trench for him. And that's actually Indiana, that's NT Harrison Ford in the close-ups wow. doing it. The actual stuntman did the whole thing, but there are some close-ups of Harrison Ford off the back of the truck 
that is him being dragged for that shot. But very, very famous uh, for for that. For it, it was it's kind of the signature uh, sequence in the movie. It's funny. I never seen it. Yeah, the signature sequence to me is the boulder. Oh yeah, that that true Isn't too. It, but, but you know but, what I mean. Like this you stunt, see that it, it was quite a spectacular thing, stunt. This one, um, that that little sequence was five minutes of six minutes of screen time. Took five weeks to shoot. Jesus, the six minutes of screen time. Five weeks. So we get to he ends up tossing the driver, and then they get into the next town, and they they manage to get word ahead. I, I don't yeah. know how they got word ahead. No. That well, we need to hide the truck, and they they magically do. Uh, next thing we're on the so they've got the ark back. Yeah, they're on the dock. Mister Katunga, they get introduced to, and uh, Sala says, "Look, if these aren't these people are my friends, if they're not treated well, I will hear of it." And then Marion Marion gives him a kiss goodbye. Um, he breaks, <laughs> he breaks out, out, into out into song. song. And um, now next they're on the high seas, and in this this was a funny little scene where they're in the room together. And um, she sort of could just come in. She's obviously had a shower. She's got a towel around her, and and and, and she's um. Trying to adjust the mirror to sort of fix herself up, and do you like how she pulled the mirror and clocked Indiana Jones in the in the chin? And you hear him screaming, and she goes, "Did you say something? <laughs> you never heard that." She takes any opportunity to bash yeah. it, basically. But uh, I like the bit where you know she he's she's trying to get a bit fresh with him. He goes, "Look, just leave me alone. I want to sleep." He goes, "Oh, oh, that hurts. Everything where he touches hurts." And then uh, I, I like that where he goes, where doesn't it hurt? And I like how he points to his elbow. Of all places where you'd yeah. have a scratch, it'd be elbow, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. And he's forehead, and then he eventually points to his lips, and then, you know. Oh. But I like how she plants a kiss on him, and then he's... He's, just he's falling asleep. Now, here's a cool bit as well. Did you notice this bit where the Ark is still in the box? Yeah. Remember it had all the German lettering on the side of it? They, yes. they, they, they put all the, you know, the... the Courier label on it, yep. right? <laughs> they courier label. They did their little German label on it. Now, did you notice in this bit where you hear this humming noise and the German writing? All the writing is just charred away. Yeah. So you're thinking, geez, what's happening here? The power of God or something is getting rid of all that. And uh, then we hear the that the the ship has stopped. The engines have stopped, and and Indy and Mariner saying, "What the hell's going on?" Which here? is unusual. And then, yeah, so there's a submarine next to them. They're thinking, "Oh, geez, they're they're they're, they're chasing them here." Uh, I like how he says, "Look, you know, you hide, Indy. We're going to try to get rid of them. You hide." And then Katunga tells the Germans that he killed Indiana Jones. He goes, "But leave us the girl. <laughs> you know, we want to." Uh, but the German dude says, "Look, we'll take what we want. You're in no position of power here." Yeah. And uh, anyway, long story short, Belloc comes in, grabs grabs the uh, grabs Marion. They can't find Jones. I like this bit. They go, is anyone found him? He goes, yeah, I have. And then he goes, where? He goes, there. And he points to the sub, and he's climbing up on the sub. Thinking, wow, he's a great swimmer as well. Uh, he climbs up on the sub. Now, here's interesting, right? During this montage where the submarine's travelling to the Nazi base, right? So they travel some distance. Now, yes. you're assuming he's on top of the submarine, yeah? Well, I don't know. Well, they must have just done that whole thing at, if it, they must have sort of just travelled, not gone to periscope depth. If they had gone to periscope depth, he's gone. He's drowned. Well, how do you stay? You know, how does he survive that? Anyway, what we do find is that it goes to this small island with a secret base. Now, yes. it doesn't mention the location uh, in the film, but if it's this shown, it's a Call rough, Judy has rough, it. rough segment, rough bit on the map where it shows that it's opened. It must be a Greek island north of Crete, if you look at the geography, because right, okay. they go past Greece. Yep. Um, 
The other thing too, that this will interest you as well, the submarine pen where that's filmed yes. is on where they film it is actually not a set. That is real. That was a remnant of World War II. That was an actual German isn't that, pen. Isn't that a map in Call of Duty? I swear to God. Uh, there's a sub like there's a maybe, yeah, yeah. I submarine map. Yeah, yeah. In the last one, yeah, but that's not the actual one. But it's I'm just saying similar. it felt yeah, like yeah, the same right, thing. Right. To I was me. wondering what you were talking about with uh, in about Call of Duty. But that that is an actual German U-boat wow. pin that they found left over from World War Two was in La Rochelle in France. So the producer saw it was so amazed that it was in such good condition. He goes, "We're going to shoot it right here," and that's what they did. Now, next thing we see, remember how Jones was on the sub? He's hiding. He he, remember he he, he, he bashes he up a bloke, one bloke, gets his uniform. Oh, it's too small, it's tiny. And then he sort of he a, another senior officer comes up and like starts berating him for not being dressed properly. And he's sort of trying to adjust this thing. He goes, what am I doing here? Then he just bashes the bloke and takes his, his uniform as well. Why persist with this when I could just have your yeah, uniform? Yeah, I'm just going to take your uniform. So Belloc has said, look, I've got the altar set up. And the other German dude goes, I'm uncomfortable with this Jewish ritual of that you're doing here. And they're marching through this valley yes. towards this ceremony. Yes. Now, I think I mentioned in the Star Wars episode that this part, yeah. remember where they're carrying the ark? And they're marching. Yeah, Harrison Ford or Indiana Jones sort of breaks off to the side. Then the next thing we see is he's got a bazooka. This little portion here is the scene in Star Wars. It's the same location where R2-D2 was in Star Wars when he gets captured by the Jawas. Remember when he's really? all by himself? That same spot is where George Lucas shot that scene. Georgie boy needs to use his imagination right. to get out a bit more. That's <laughs> But we hear Indy call out. Jones? Jones! I'm going to blow up the ark, Renee. So we see that he's got a bazooka. Yeah, it's a decent okay. bit of kid he's just grabbed. And he's, he's aiming down there, and he's thinking, well, what's going to happen here? Dr. Jones? Surely you don't think you can escape from this island? It depends on how reasonable we're all willing to be. All I want is the girl. If we refuse, then your Fuhrer has no prize. Okay, stand back. All of you, stand back. Sit back. Okay, Jones. You win. Blow it up. Zurück! 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 Yes, blow it up! Blow it back to God. All your life has been spent in pursuit of archaeological relics. Inside the Ark are treasures beyond your wildest aspirations. You want to see it open as well as I. Indiana, we are simply passing through history. This, this is history. Hits him right in the archaeological Put, feels. Puts puts it right on him, doesn't he? Because, so, because okay. calls we, his bluff. we two are the same. Exactly. Remember? Yeah. Back exactly. when they were, they were, when he was sitting with him. Completely. We are the same and he yes. knows full Belloc He's knows. He's not gonna well, destroy it. He ain't gonna destroy that. There you go. Under no circumstance would either of them yeah. destroy that. Calls his bluff, but we end up seeing they're set up for the ceremony. Marion and uh, and India tied up at a post at the back. Uh, they start their little ceremony. They open up the ark, and 
Do you like this bit where they reach one of the guys reaches inside and there's nothing but sand inside? And I I assumed at that point yeah. it was a G up and there was drama. Yeah, but then did you see the guy tot? He was sort of start laughing, thinking, "No, like, you know, you idiots! I knew there would be nothing here." Exactly. But then you hear this amazing humming sound it starts making this noise, and then you see if you look, it's sort of a shot looking into the ark, and there's all this sort of light. Yes. And then all these sort of all these sort of spirits sort of start coming out of it. And did you like this bit where they're all, there's all these sort of creatures sort of flying around and Tot's looking at one and it's like a beautiful girl and then it suddenly turns ugly yes. and he goes, ah, I start screaming. Anyway, they know that uh, this is uh, not, not the best thing to do, but Indy knows that uh, what they need to do here. Marion, don't look at it. Shut your eyes, Marion, don't look at it no matter what happens. So in, when, when he says, look, don't look at it, all these spirits are starting to swirl around and then every one of the soldiers, some beam of light just kills every soldier there. Boom. Um, did you like the effect where they're all melting when they were Bellock's looking into it? Yeah, just Belloc's head just goes boom, but the others melt and then the lid of the arc goes up in the sky and then boom, just drops back down again. See you later. And we know that they're, they're safe. Now... According to the novelization of the of the book, okay. Hang on, How hang did on, he no, know? No, no, start again. The novelization of the so movie. they novelized. So they wrote. They had the script first, and they wrote a novel based on the script. So they novelized. So it's it's yeah, quite they do the, the opposite, opposite way. to many, yes. many, many of your favorite Correct. movies. Correct. Now, according to the novelization, the writing on the headpiece of the staff included a warning not to look into the ark. Oh. So that's sort of so where Indy knew. Indy knew yeah. that. That's not mentioned in the movie, but in the book, it suggests that. This information was on the staff. Don't look at the ark when it's open, and he he remembered that. That's why it says it says in an, in fact in the book of Samuel it says where God smote the men of Beth Shemesh for looking into the ark. That's in the Bible. So That's he's a he real knew, thing. Yeah. So he knew. Don't look at it. Anyway, next thing we see is they're back in Washington. Okay, the the nice yep. exterior shot of the Washington Monument. And we th- we're wondering, though, what happens now? We've done your country a great service, and we thank you. And uh, we trust you found the settlement satisfactory. Well, the money's fine. The situation is totally unacceptable. Well, gentlemen, I guess that just about wraps it up. Where is the Ark? I thought we'd settled that. The Ark is somewhere very safe. From whom? The Ark is a source of unspeakable power, and it has to be researched. And it will be, I assure you, Dr. Brody, Dr. Jones. We have top men working on it right now. Who? Top men. Top men. He's like, I'm a top man. What are you talking about? <laughs> so you know, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a, a downer. Do you reckon? Because they've gone to For all them, this trouble. Because you've got to remember, it's, yeah. it's another flashback. You go back to the Indies apartment at the start, and he yeah. says, but we're will, the museum, get it. will the museum yeah. get the ark? Well, they assumed, they assumed they were going to get the ark. Yes. Right? So, not really a resolution, is it? About, also, why would and you they want were the ark at this point? They were compensated. Why would you well, want the ark at this point? It's one of point? the best archaeological finds it's, of all time. It's a historical, biblical relic. It's a dangerous mofo. Have you okay, seen that? Okay, but that's why Brody was saying that we need to study it. Well, who are you? What, who are you to do this? Yeah. So, anyway... But uh, I think what 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 I found here was that 
as scripted, so the end of the movie was the uh, that meeting with the Army Intelligence guys, right? So there was no resolution with yeah. Marion and Indiana. So no, that's true. They actually came back and filmed this other additional little bit right oh, at the end. Right. Hey, what happened? You don't look very happy. Fools. Bureaucratic What'd fools. What'd they say? They don't know what they've got there. Well, I know what I've got here. Oh. Come on. Buy a drink. You know. A drink. Oh. So you, you know that they kind of end up together, right? Let's assume, right? So they're friends now. But this final shot gets me every time. You see the Ark packed into a box, stenciled, the new courier label put on it by the Americans, <laughs> right? And it's like stored. after something's been to my joint and goes to yeah, yours. Yeah, so it's wheeled away, and there's just this shot of this endless warehouse of other boxes. You're thinking, what else have they got in there? What else have they collected? Yeah, top people. Yeah, top men. But that, uh, my yeah, question, that was, my question uh, to you at this point, yeah, because yeah, the end movie ends, and you're thinking, well, hang on, man. So, I, I actually want to know: Does the Ark come back in future movies? No. See, it's finished. That's, That's it. it. One and done, mate. Ark, Raiders of the Lost Ark, that was it. So we don't... Because I think what happens too, the next film... and Should I be think called Unboxing the Ark. Unboxing the Ark. The next film was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which I think takes place before Raiders. I think it's oh. 19... Earlier in the 30s. I think it's 1930... But are they standalone-ish? Yeah, they, yeah, they are. Right. The characters obviously carry through, but... Each movie can be enjoyed on its own. Oh, interesting. Yeah, right. so they're episodic. Let's have a look at some of the favourite lines, and I do like this line when they were talking about the monkey. I'm surprised at you, Jones, talking that way about our baby. He's got your looks, too. And your brains. <laughs> He's got your looks and your brains. <laughs> I love this bit, too. Remember when he they've got they've just had the fight with the plane, the plane's blown up, the truck's about to drive to Cairo, and uh, he says, I'm going to go after that truck. Get back to Cairo. Get us some transport to England. Boat, plane, anything. Meet me at Omar's. Be ready for me. I'm going after that truck. Oh, I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. <laughs> I'm making this up as I go. Here's another cool line where, remember, they're on the boat. And he says, oh, you're not the man you used to be. But uh, he replies with this. Not the man I knew 10 years ago. It's not the years, it's the mileage. <laughs> that was actually an imp- improvised line. Really? Yes, it was. Oh, that's gold. Now, how did that happen? Okay, now, at the beginning of the movie, we've spoken about this already, The he drops the sand to match the weight of the gold, but gold's bloody heavy, mate. The weight, you're talking like 40 to 50 pounds of weight. So we're talking five bags of sand would be yeah. heavy enough. Yeah. So he seriously underestimated that. Uh, Brody reassures Indy. Remember, he says uh, at the start of the movie, I'm sure that you're in compliance with the International Treaty for the Protection of Antiquities. There is no such treaty. Oh, come on. The only law that's anywhere near that in uh, is the Antiquities Act, which was uh, created by Theodore Roosevelt to establish national parks and monuments. Oh. Now, here's another one, okay, that is widely discussed among fans of the movie. The fan theory says that Indiana Jones had no effect on the outcome of the movie. Now, let's look at this. <sighs> because at the beginning of the movie, Belloc says that the he follows India around as his usual way of getting what he wants, right? Yeah. 
So this, along with Belloc advising the Nazis, so you'd assume that they could have got the headpiece without Indiana Jones. They knew that Raven would have, would have had it. Had they have got that, they would have found the right height for the Staff of Ra. Yeah, but they didn't. They will. So this, even though the German intercepted the communique, a lot of people think that was a ruse, that they did that on purpose, so that the Americans would intercept it and think, oh, they knew Ravenwood's relationship with Indiana Jones, and they thought, well, let's let him get it, right? So you're thinking that they they purposely let the Americans intercept the message, knowing that they'd call on Indiana Jones to seek out Marion Ravenwood to get it, and all they'd have to do is follow him. So that would explain why but there was the German na- spy was on the plane at the start. By remember? its very nature, then Indiana Jones had a full effect on the outcome because. They needed him to find the... Well, all they had to do was follow him. When you look at the grand scheme of things, they just had to let him do his stuff and follow what Exacua does and just take it off him, which, which, which is what they did. Yeah, Now, sure. there's a very famous episode of The Big Bang Theory all about this. It's oh, called really? The Raiders' Minimization that says that he plays no role in the final outcome and they end up obtaining the Ark but kill themselves in the, by opening it. So in... If, if Indiana Jones wasn't there, they would have stolen the headpiece from Marion, made the right staff, discovered the Ark, and they would have been killed during the first opening of the Ark, but they would have eventually figured out how to use it as a weapon by keeping their eyes shut. <laughs> this is an episode of The Big Bang Theory, right? God. So it was Indiana Jones' presence at the end of the movie that made the difference. So he recovered the Ark after it killed all the Nazis. That's... Basically, what they're saying is that that's the only part he played was bringing it back to America because they would have found it anyway. What that's an example of is 21 (laughs) years of overthinking. Maybe, maybe. But he does get the girl, though. He He does does get married. Weirdly Um, and inappropriately. The other thing, too, is that if this is a plot hole also because the Germans would not have been allowed to have troops or aircraft in Egypt in the 30s. Because of their tense relations at the time. Fair enough. The Nazis would have been attacked by military forces in the region. Wow. So that was, uh, yeah, a bit of license with the thing there. Things you might not know. His uh, Indiana Jones' kangaroo hide bullwhip was sold in December 1999 at Christie's Auction House for $43,000. That's in 1999. And it's right here. No, I'm joking. I was just going to (laughs) say... Sounds like the sort of rubbish but, you'd have. But his hat and the jacket are on display at the Smithsonian. Oh! Correct, yes. That, yes. That's the kind of thing that should be there, yes. yes. Now, here's another thing. Remember how I said there was the stunt from Stagecoach from 1939? Yeah. The actual look of Indiana Jones was also stolen from the 1954 movie Secret of the Incas, who was Charlton Heston was a star. Remember the guy at Planet of the Apes? He plays a treasure hunter who studies an ancient map room, uses a beam of sunlight reflected off a crystal to pinpoint the location of a treasure. And in that movie, he's also flying a hijacked aeroplane, goes down a river on an inflatable raft, which is what happens in the second Indiana Jones movie. So it took a little bit of losses, even the look uh, from that as well. So he also had the flying, the jacket and the fedora like Indiana Jones. So uh, Secret of the Incas might have been the early Indiana Jones. There you go. Now, contrary to what they say in the movie, Hitler was never obsessed with the occult or anything (laughs) religious. And the Ark of the Covenant 
wasn't only written in the Christian Bible, but also it was written about in the Jewish Torah. So the Nazis would have, if, if the Jews were interested in it, Jewish people, that would have made it something that Hitler didn't want to have anything to do with. Because it was also Maybe. mentioned in the Torah as well. Yeah. Um, did you notice too that when, now did you notice, right, when Tot grabs the red hot medallion, okay, yes. and again, this comes from watching it multiple times, <laughs> his fingers are burned, right, he grabs yeah. it, and from the angle he, he grabs it, the burns are all in the, the middle fingers. of his palm rather than on his fingers, and he grabbed it upside down, and when he says, remember when he shows his hand, it's all the right way up, he actually grabbed it upside down, so... You know, they've shown a bit of life. Jesus. Here's the biggest did you notice. Okay. And if you, in the well of souls, right, there's a pillar, you know, with all hieroglyphics on it. Yeah. Pause it. The hieroglyphics, one of them is R2-D2. One of them is C-3PO. Seriously. <laughs> From the Star Wars. This bloke is obsessed with his own They're on movies. there. They're on there. Yeah, you, you have a look. Free I'm talking George Lucas. Yeah, well, it's just like a little Easter egg they put in there. Um, during here's another famous pause and look at it scene. Right? Okay, do you remember when when um, Indy's about to he's threatening him with the bazooka, yeah. and Belloc says, "No, remember he grabs a right, uh, machine gun and tells everyone to get away from him." Yep. If you look closely, when he's talking, there's a fly on his face. It goes in his it, mouth. It goes in his mouth. We we rewound it. <laughs> As a family, we watched that and rewound it. I'm saying, I, st- now, I said, Amanda, did you see that? We rewound it. So what you th- what happens there, right? You can clearly see the fly creeping into his mouth. Yes, but he did not swallow it. Paul Freeman, who plays Belloc, explained years later that the fly flew off the instant he uttered the word "bad." But Spielberg, the bludger. Noticed it and decided to be. He cut out a few frames so you couldn't see the fly fly away. He wanted to leave it to give you the impression that he swallowed the fly, but he took out a couple of frames. It did fly away, but the frames he removed were the frame of the fly leaving his mouth. Can oh, you believe the mean. trouble they went to? But um, if you, a lot of people apparently wore out the uh, their pause buttons on their oh, VCRs yeah, looking for it. Yeah. I immediately hit the fetch rewind <laughs> and said, Amanda, stop. That's Watch funny. This, this bloke just ate a fly. That's funny. Now, that's the end of Indiana Jones, mate. What is your wrap-up and your wrap-up? I loved it, enjoyed it. Great fun. See, the thing is, and I, it's a little Con Airish in that I loved the adventure of it, the movie, but I also yeah. love there's a bit of fun in there as well. Yeah. It was just a, silly things. It was. And I think that adds to it. Um so it's a nine out of ten for me. I yeah. really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a nine point five for me. It's, okay. it's almost a perfect movie. I wow. really love it. Yeah. Okay. Love it. So yeah, Indiana Jones. Great to hear that I, I scored with that one. The the uh, a couple of episodes ago, the Warriors. You were a bit off on that one, but I'm glad I hit the mark. You with can't this be one. right every time, Stephen. Well, there you go. I'm hoping I'm right next week. Okay. Next week we're watching The Matrix, oh. starring Keanu Reeves. Interesting. Filmed in Sydney. Sydney. Yes, I was working in uh, Piermont at the time. I oh, remember. Were you? Yes. There you go. Okay. Now the Matrix has a very famous camera shot. Okay. There's a shot in this movie. It's the yeah. It's the yeah. Hang on. Where, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, it's, there's a famous back, yep. shot that's been parodied many, many times in other movies. Right. Okay. Here's your millionaire question. That okay. shot yes. is it called a the gun juggle? B Matrix Mayhem. C Bullet Time. Or D, the flying kick. I can't believe it's got a name, but I'm going to go with bullet time. Correct. Oh, yeah. 
called bullet time. So he leans back, remember, and the bullets, he avoids the bullets. Yes. By the middle of 2002, which is just three years after the film, the famous bullet time sequence had been spoofed in over 20 different movies. Him leaning back and the bullets going, and, and the camera sort of going around him at the same time. Yeah. Really a uh, lot of interesting technique in that movie. But that's for next week, The Matrix. We've just given you Raiders of the Lost Ark. Looking forward to entering The Matrix with you next week. Trevor, yep. see you then. Bring it on.